Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. And we are excited to have yet again another amazing guest. But before we get into that, Joe is going to remind us of our purpose. Yeah, the purpose of this show is to unite not only Rotarians, but non-Rotarians under the banner of service. I mean, that's really what we're all about. But to um, you know, interview amazing guests, highlight um, really terrific nonprofit organizations, and then how they are or may not be connected to Rotary, because we believe that Rotary is the vehicle for service. You do that really well. Thank you. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> so we have another guest on, and her name is Margaret. Oh, I'm going to butcher it. Gagnon. Cloak, Gagno. 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 I should have known. <laughs> I should <laughs> have known. Margaret, thank you so much. Um, for our listeners, I'm just going to give them a, a little brief intro of you. So you are the executive director of Children First um, Park Partnership for Success. Sounds like this is based in St. Louis Park, but for really for this first section of our show, we want to get to know you. So... Let's hear a little bit more about Margaret and uh, specifically what would you like to hear? About <laughs> tell it's, us the entire story in twelve minutes, please. <laughs> I will. I'll just tell you real quick. I'm getting a little tripped up because I am not used to having like somebody right here in front of us. But here we go. So, Margaret, where are you from? So right now, I live. We actually just moved from St. Louis Park to Golden Valley, but. Right in the West Metro area. Okay. Close I enough. Grew up, yeah, yeah. I, same thing. I grew up in Montevideo, Minnesota. and But I've lived in the West for the past 30 years. So um, it's kind of nice to be back. We came back to be near my mom. Okay. And um, pro tip, do not move during a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, that's, that's a sol- solid advice. <laughs> yeah. A lot of yes. people did move during a mm-hmm. worldwide pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. But I luckily landed both at a good place for work and at a good place for Rotary. So um, it worked out okay in the end. Well, speaking and of which, which uh, what is the name of the Rotary that you are a part of? So I'm part of the Rotary Club of St. Louis Park, and we are very close sister clubs with the Sunrise Rotary Club, both in St. Louis Park. We meet on different days of the week mm. at different times of the day at the Westwood Hills Nature Center. So we're, we're, we have that kind of benefit of getting to experience each other's clubs, culture, and um, projects and activities. Very cool. Wonderful. Yeah, it's kind of like us. We have the Morningside Club, which we're part of, which is the morning club, and then the noon club. Yeah. Same I was going to ask, is, exactly. that, is yeah, that kind yeah. of a commonality then? It's for... the t- it's the time period, right? Like, So some people like to do it in the morning. Some people are more of the lunch hour type. Okay. So if yeah. there's interest, growing interest, then they would have like one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Or two form because of that. Gotcha. Yeah. How long have you been a Rotary member? You know, I joined Rotary in 2004, so not quite 20 years. I actually am an attorney, and at about a little before the 10-year mark, I sort of shifted gears career-wise and started getting involved in community development and nonprofit management. And when I became the CEO of a regional United Way, I joined Rotary first thing I did because it's such a great way to build relationships in the community. And so um, that was one of the best things I think I did. And I can share that I right off the bat started getting involved in projects just because they were sort of interesting or they were quirky. And I remember I joined the Children's Literacy Project Committee and because, you know, nonprofit person, they're like, go yeah. do that. Yes. And then, but here's a fun one. There was a club history committee that we just stood up because we're all volunteers. And things like banners, photos, scrapbooks, things got passed around from hand to hand over decades. 
and, you know, stuff ended up in somebody's attic or somebody's garage. So we were coming up on a big anniversary and we put together a little team to kind of find all of those bits of our history. And we found some really amazing photos, you know, stories, et cetera. So that was one of my favorite rotary gigs was kind of looting people's basements and garages <laughs> and attics. I am <laughs> I'm certain that you found some quite interesting material. <laughs> yes. You know what you know what else was really fun was um some of the scrapbooks had you could see the stories on the backside from the newspaper. And mm. there was some really interesting language used in newspapers of an era. So it was kind of fun <laughs> seeing history um, on the same pages as stories about Rotary. That's funny. That's it really is. good. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so we know a little bit about you, where you grew up, um, where you're currently at, the Rotary that you're a part of, but would love to hear a little bit more about how you um, – got to be in your role as the executive director of Children First. Sure, sure. Well, it's kind of oddly combined with with my Rotary experiences. So I'll, I'll just share that um, as I got more involved in Rotary, I got involved in what was then called the Group Study Exchange. So we had a team come visit from Brazil. I thought that was really fun. So the next thing I took on was to be a host family for a youth exchange student. And um, our student is from Chile and he stayed with us for six months. That was so fun. So it just kept deepening my involvement in Rotary. And um, I went on to become like a service project committee chair. And, and I think probably my next favorite gig was program committee member because we mm. vetted, you know, who were going to be the speakers yep. and what, what yeah. were the topics. Of it. That was so fun. That's how I stayed on top of everything that was going on in our community because we really had to kind of stay out front with good, good um, speakers and topics. But then um, I went on to complete the Rotary Leadership Institute and became a club president. At some point in all of that, I changed from kind of a traditional club to um the evening club because it was right by my office mm. and it was in a brew pub and that was a really nice thing it was like hmm. combine my evening yeah. meal <laughs> yes um but then when we moved back here to minnesota um i took the position of executive director with children first and discovered that the rotary club of st louis park formed our organization helped found it um Way back in 92, the school superintendent, St. Louis Park Public Schools, came and spoke to the club. He presented a program and was really passionate. And the next morning when he showed up to work, there were three Rotarians on his doorstep, checkbooks open, you know, just asking, how can we help improve the condition of kids in our community? And so our Rotary, it it has this deep, deep history of being active in creating things that go on to change our whole community. So our organization is cited in the book, Thank You for Being Late by Thomas Friedman. I mean, very well known. I take none of that credit because I've only been there three years. My predecessor, Karen Atkinson, was really a trailblazer. She worked really closely with the Search Institute, and um, they did really research-based work around building assets in a child's life. So it's kind of a it's interestingly, uh, my current job is a very Rotarian connected story. Yeah, a pretty natural step uh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, somewhere yeah. in that mix, I heard that you were an attorney. Yes, yes. So, yeah. you're a recovering attorney. I, <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> so, um, what, remind me again, maybe I missed it. How, what is the connection? Like, when did you start stop practicing? I guess is maybe the best best way for me to yeah well so I should share that I did poverty law and so I worked with families who were really bumping up against systems that were not helping them and Mm -hmm. um I was very passionate about it I my I went to law school at Santa Clara in Northern California and then the first job I took out of law school was in Eastern Washington 
And um, we opened a branch of what was then Evergreen Legal Services and just did some really amazing things. It was, it was, I think, really exciting work because we were, our definition of how we did our work was pretty broad. We involved the community in the work and um, it really focused on changing people's lives and doing things that were really systems change mm-hmm. efforts. <clears throat> then 1996 hit and there was a lot of shrinking of legal services And um, so my husband and I made the decision to move to Salt Lake City, and um, I became the statewide director of pro bono services there for Utah Legal Services, bringing volunteers in, attorneys, um, law students, undergrads, um, uh, anybody from the community who wanted to volunteer and help deliver services. So we had street law projects, um, did all kinds of work throughout the state, and um, ultimately, my husband had an opportunity in his career. We moved to Idaho. That's where he grew up. And um, when we got there, the state didn't have reciprocity. I'm licensed in three states, but none of them had reciprocity with Idaho. So I, <laughs> <laughs> they did within two years, but not the year I moved there. And so um, I decided I wanted to try my hand at something else. I'll never forget. There was a job advertised in the newspaper. It was $10 an hour. But it sounded so fun. So I went to the interview and um, they created a new job for me. And it was with um, a former congressman from Idaho, really unique guy um, who had been in President Clinton's cabinet and had done some really interesting things with the Federal Reserve Bank. And and so um, the work that he did was community development. And that's kind of my trajectory then into United Way. And That's awesome. That. We're going to have to cut off this segment, but thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself. We're excited to talk about preschool for success in the future. I'm Joe Kirk. I'm Kelly Kirk. We'll see you on the flip side. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Don't miss Leonard Skinner, Darius Rucker, Ario Speedwagon, and Tyler Hubbard at Lakefront Music Fest July 14th and 15th at Lakefront Park in Prior Lake. Leonard Skinner headlines July 14th with Ario Speedwagon and Blackstone Cherry. Darius Rucker headlines July 15th with Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line and Joe Nichols. Tickets available at lakefrontmusicfest.com. That's lakefrontmusicfest.com. Produced by Prior Lake Rotary. Riverbend Nature Center is a free, nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota. With 743 acres, the straight river, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. Riverbend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org backslash strategic dash planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. And as a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms, and we love... Likes, comments, and five gold stars. (laughs) (laughs) If you are tuning in for the first time, um, we have Margaret Gagnon. 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 Um, and she is a part of the Rotary Club of St. Louis Park, but more importantly, two more importantly, she is the executive director of Children First, which is also in partnership with Preschool for Success, which is all the reason that we have you on here. So we're gonna um, we're gonna just 
help our listeners understand the connection between the two. So I will let you take it away, Margaret. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to talk about Preschool for Success because our club has had a lot of fun with it this year, as has the Sunrise um, Club in St. Louis Park. And it all started when, um, as club president, myself and my colleague Tamara Nuterin from Sunrise were par- taking part of you know ongoing quarterly trainings with uh, other presidents, learned about this signature project, learned that we could tap John Bodet from the St. Cloud Club to come and talk to our clubs. So um, he came, presented, and then the spring we got a phone call from him that he was submitting for a district grant. So we just, I cannot even tell you how quickly this came together. And it's because uh, Lisa Green with the foundation of the Sunrise Club and the St. Louis Park Public Schools leadership just buckled down and in a really tight turnaround submitted as part of St. Cloud's grant. Um, we're so grateful to St. Cloud for sponsoring this. It was a really special opportunity because District Governor Lloyd Campbell elected to devote his discretionary funds to this effort. And so it was a pretty intensive investment. They multiplied our investment by more than six times. So between the two Rotary Clubs, we invested 3500 and the district came back and the total investment then was $22,000 for preschool wow. in St. Louis Park. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, a, we were so excited. <laughs> it's yeah. been really fun too because we had who did we have on the show? We have Gala. Yeah. Holmgren. Yeah. Um it's, so we heard about preschool for success before it was a district um, wide uh it was initiative. A, a, the project. Yeah, yeah. The, the and so it's been really fun <laughs> to see the progression of it and then to obviously hear how your your clubs have kind of picked it up. I know that our club mm-hmm. has as well. And, you know, and again, it's another example of how the matching funds works and the real yeah. power of the amount of work that you can do with those funds. So it's really exciting to hear it from our chair, at least from, and then our listeners, if you guys have been following along the whole way, then this is a great follow-up to um, a really great interview. And we'll link the interview in our Show notes. Um, show notes as well, our, our initial one with Gala. And then, so what has, has it been really easy to connect, um, connect the dots since, you know, the St. Cloud Club kind of paved the way and more or less modeled it for everybody? Was it, was it pretty easy to pick it up and, and run with it? It was, it was. And, and um, I'd be happy also to talk about um, for other clubs to get started, but I'll share our experience. We, so first and foremost, I will have to say that St. Louis Park Public Schools and their leadership just went all in. So they decided, they made a huge commitment and doubled the number of preschool slots for the summer, which meant they had to open a second classroom, hire a teacher and a paraprofessional to do this. Um, preschool director Erica Scott is starting new pre and post evaluation to be able to measure the impact that this has on kids. And and I mean, I hope you can hear like what a commitment that is because mm-hmm. that's profound. This is a good partner. Um, and then the other thing they're doing is just really focusing on that social emotional learning this summer so that kids are ready to succeed when they start school in the fall. But I think some of the other things that that um, the partnership with Rotary and with the school district really um, what made it easy is that um, the school district quickly did some intensive recruitment to ensure that the children who most need preschool were the ones who got those slots, the Rotary Preschool for Success slots. Yeah. And then Communications Director Rachel Hicks held a press conference and the whole St. Louis Park Public Schools team gave a tour of the preschool and um, the um, superintendent Astinose framed his remarks around the rotary four-way test <laughs> so that he, I know it was really unexpected. So it kind of caught me off guard and the way he presented um, the school district's part of our partnership 
highlighted the spirit of Rotary and I think really brought awareness to the community about Rotary and, and you know, maybe piqued some interest in getting involved. We also at that same pre press conference had the preschool director and then Vanessa Hinton, the classroom teacher, who is giving up part of her summer in order to make this happen. <laughs> and so um, I think when I say that it was fairly smooth, I think it's because we really made sure that the public school district um, was a strong partner and, um, you know, we kind of locked arms and did things together. And I should share that 77 children and families are benefiting from this effort. Wow. And that's incredible. Yeah. And for the most part, these are children who have complex challenges to being ready for kindergarten. So poverty, homelessness, a language barrier. So it really, I think that was the other part of our partnership that we appreciated was that the school district really understood that Rotary was about giving access to families and to children who otherwise would not have access right. to preschool. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing too, that I've, especially in our, our conversations is the, the schools know it's a need. They just don't have an ability to fill the gap. And right. so, you know, I think what happens is is we had the ability to bring the resources to the table and they were like, well, perfect. We, we'll open up the classroom. We'll hire the teacher. You know, the teacher will, will <coughs> shorten their, their break. I mean, we've wanted to do this. It's just maybe they didn't have the dollars or – but in, in our experience, it's definitely been that the schools are aware, yeah. <laughs> very, very aware of the problem and the need is there. So how nice is it that you can step into that gap and then leverage the the structure that was already provided? I mean, the 77 kids is absolutely astonishing. I think that the first year that Preschool for Success, I want to say it was 23 kids. And I think they've scaled it to 70 yeah. and change. But they they definitely had some roadblocks along the way. And to to get out the gates at 77, that's incredible. Well, absolutely incredible. I'm, my guess is the timing of that um, for St. Cloud was, wasn't it during the pandemic? Yeah. Solid. And I was going to say, we're definitely standing on the shoulders of St. Cloud. If they hadn't have been here to help us launch this, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So that yeah. was, I think it's kind of, it's a really cool district story. Yeah. Because we're all partners in this. We learn from them. And the way we went after it. So I don't know if you remember if your club had the same experience, but John Bodette came to our club with a yep. program. And they had a bit of a toolkit. And so we followed their recommendations. We met um, with school district personnel, with their cabinet, with their, we started at the superintendent level. And then um, uh, we might've had a little leg up because Children First had been convening an early years action group for about a year by that time. And so we had relationships of trust um, already. So and that then, connection was really, really valuable then. So, I mean, your involvement in the Rotary and in that organization is probably pretty critical in making sure that that, that was more seamless. I, I think, yeah, I think it helped. And I think that probably a lot of clubs have that within their own membership without maybe even knowing it. Um, because a lot of Rotary members are on, you know, the school foundation board or, are engaged yep. in advisory. Yeah. So those relationships are likely there if you, it, so we do club assemblies. If you have conversations about upcoming projects during a club assembly and ask those questions and give people time to sort of connect the dots about where relationships are, mm -hmm. I bet most clubs do have, I'm thinking a little bit of a Kevin Bacon, you know. Yeah, for sure. Six degrees. Yeah. Oh, I had a question. It just literally fell out of my head. It was like, you guys like it literally. Did bacon? Did bacon? Yeah. <laughs> I was it's like, bacon, bacon. That sounds delicious. Bacon. Pancakes. Well, All right. Well, we've got about a minute left here in this section. You know, really quick, I, we didn't really do this and shame on us is, can you briefly just talk about what preschool for success is? We kind of went right mm -hmm. into it because we all knew and um, for our listeners out there. Sure. So it is an effort by District 5950 
and and I should say effort. It's a signature project, and um, to engage all the clubs in our district in increasing access to preschool for all children who live in our footprints. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, this is primarily four-year-olds, but it's a it's a beautiful way to increase our kids' readiness to start school, to have a successful school career, and then be successful in life beyond. I love it. And, you know, it's amazing that if you start behind, you tend to stay behind is really yeah, the, yeah. the statistics show it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, the summer breaks increase that gap every year. Like, I remember the, all the statistics and going, holy yeah, smokes. So it's been a great program for us and a great program for Rotary. Um, And, you know, in our next segment here, we would love to hear some success stories and then also some challenges that you've had to overcome because I'm sure there's been many. But uh, I'm Joe Kirk. I'm Kelly Kirk. And you're listening to Searching for Service. Come back now. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops, and it stops. Don't miss Leonard Skinner, Darius Rucker, Ario Speedwagon, and Tyler Hubbard at Lakefront Music Fest, July 14th and 15th at Lakefront Park in Prior Lake. Leonard Skinner headlines July 14th with Ario Speedwagon and Blackstone Cherry. Darius Rucker headlines July 15th with Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line and Joe Nichols. Tickets available at lakefrontmusicfest.com. That's lakefrontmusicfest.com. Produced by Prior Lake Rotary. River Bend Nature Center is a free nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota, with 743 acres, the Straight River, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. River Bend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org/strategic-planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms, and we love... Likes, comments, and those five-star reviews. (laughs) If you are tuning in for the first time, we have Margaret Gagno. My gosh. (laughs) Struggle bus. She is the executive director She's like, of happens to me all the time. <laughs> Children First, um, in partnership, though, with Preschool for Success. And so our last um, segment, we talked about that connectivity and then just a brief overview of what Preschool for Success was. But what are we going to talk about this segment section? Well, we, we briefly talked a little bit about some of the successes of the program early mm-hmm. on for you guys in, in your implementation. But let's, let's go ahead and uh, share something that was a challenge that maybe – you know, other clubs and other people that are listening to this that are, you know, really championing this this project as well that they can learn from? Sure. I think the biggest challenge is that all of our communities are very different. Mm-hmm. And so St. Cloud was actually pretty lucky in that they had a number. They had the data they needed to know about their unmet need because their public preschool had a waiting list and they had a pretty strong sense that they knew what that number was. But I just want to caution other clubs to really scale their expectations because a lot, that number doesn't really exist in the wild. I'll just say (laughs) a lot of, um, a lot of communities 
don't know what the unmet need is or what the number of children who are not accessing preschool and early learning opportunities are. And um, so, uh, and I want to also, just so that as, as a club, thinking about starting this up so that your expectations are really realistic, that is a very difficult number to obtain. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm part of a group that is um, the Minnesota Education Partnership Coalition. We're in nine communities in the state, and we're meeting next week to talk about doing a joint study around that number and around other things related to early childhood care and education. And we're also considering do, adding to that study the rest of the state. So our nine communities include St. Cloud, Austin, Northfield, Rochester, Red Wing, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and St. Louis Park. And then the ninth includes both Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah. And um, so if you're not in one of those communities, um, we are also thinking about commissioning a study to find that number, get closer to that number through the whole state so that we can all be a little better informed. Yeah. But yeah, it's really important to know. I think a lot of people think that number is an easy number to arrive at. It is not. And um, um, I just encourage you to maybe when you have your first interaction with your school district, to be aware that um, they probably have a sense of what's going on, but but um, they may not be able to communicate what that number is. I think it's fairly safe to guess that almost every, like every one of our communities is not meeting the full need. Yeah, um, I was going to ask. I was like, yeah. so when you say be careful about what your expectations are of that data now, was yours, did you guys have an underrepresentation of the number of need or over? So we, we know we have unmet need. Um, we do not know. So we, and we know that because we've done a lot of really intensive outreach to families in our community, but um, because we cannot articulate the number with any degree of confidence, we're going to pay somebody to help us get mm -hmm. to that number. Right. So, um, but I would say this, um, I doubt there is any community who's meeting all the need. And yeah. so this project is important for all of us. Well, and it helps like, I mean, that number, that's the problem, right? Like that's the problem that you're looking to solve. So how do you, how do you create any sort of objection, like a really obtainable goal setting? Because maybe you're in a community that does have very strong preschool, you know, participation and, and the need is still there, but it's not you know, to the tune of $22,000 or, you know, like maybe yeah. the, maybe the grant is different. Maybe the, like you said, like every community is going to be different. Maybe the partnership is different with the school. Maybe it's, and so, so that seems to be a pretty big problem. Like if you think about that, like. <laughs> yeah. And there's another part to the issue, which I think Rotary is smart to be aware of. I like watching what St. Cloud is doing because they're not just saying this is a numbers problem. They're not just saying we need more slots. They're saying the quality of the slots matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can give you an example because I just had this experience when I was in Idaho not long ago. We had we were tied with North Dakota for the most miserable rates of preschool participation nationally. And... Um, but we had one community that was doing better. So 29% of our kids, four years old, had a preschool experience. And, um, but we had a community that had 42%. We're so excited about that. Then we went in and looked at their school readiness measures, and they were at 10 to 18% of their population ready. So lower income families, 10% of them were ready total population 18% ready, whereas through the rest of our service area, it was about 34%. So hmm. um, quality matters. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think what I like about St. Cloud's approach, and I hope other people think about as they design their own preschool for success project, is that you need to partner with groups who are doing it well. Mm -hmm. And there are resources to help you understand who that is. And I just want to say, if you're in one of those 
nine communities where there's an education <clears throat> partnership coalition our work is to to convene the community around these things and we need rotary clubs to help us accelerate that work but if you're not in one of those communities look at the organization think small and there are other groups who are doing work throughout the state they might be good partners and they um and we have an organization called parent aware and child care aware who mm -hmm. help reveal some of the quality i don't let's not have that conversation too deeply because there's a lot of questions i was about just gonna say we're yes. starting to go down the rabbit hole yeah. and 12 yes. minutes is just not there. enough time to go down there and we definitely don't have enough beers at the table to do that either. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to do it alone, I think, is yeah. the message. It's, yeah. it, it's the strategic partnerships that have sounded like it's – because that's the next piece is like, so what's the greatest success? And I, I mean, from your last answer was some of the strategic partnerships and how quality they were. But yeah. what else What else have you guys been proud of in what you've accomplished in such a short period of time? You know, I honestly think, you know, obviously beyond this results for kids – I think one of the most fun things has been that um, we had a potential new member show up to see us during the meeting where John Baudet presented about preschool for success. And as we were walking out of the meeting, she, she said to me, okay, this is exciting. How do I get involved? She joined our club and cited that as a reason, mm. but that's not the exciting part. <laughs> that is exciting, but... Um, She's a young mom. She's also a corporate attorney. She went on to help us this past year update our bylaws, articles of incorporation, and club constitution. The worst job in the whole world. So I was dreading it as club president. <laughs> she took it on. She loved it. And she never would have been there, I don't think, if Preschool for Success hadn't kind of cemented her interest in Rotary as an entity that's active and engaged in the community. And she could see herself in that. And so I just think that's a, a success. And, and it seems like just... that just a really quick kind of a little commentary on that is it does seem like if you can grab a potential, like somebody that's just looking for service, like and that's yeah. the whole idea of this show too, right? Like is to grab people that are seeking service opportunities and realizing how diverse of service opportunities Rotaries presents and it was just right time, right place, right speaker, and it just hit, right? And we had something like that happen with it, like internally within our club mm -hmm. for another project, Steve May for the Afghan yeah. project. And um, new Rotary member, um, also in the, the attorney realm. And he was able oh, to, Peter. Peter was able to pull. Um, he was, well he he translated their tra their law firm translated the driver's ed manual, manual. so that they could and, actually study and for the test saved saved the costs of a like, tune of like 40 grand mhm mm it was yeah so but, but anyway let's pivot back to yeah. pre preschool for success cuz i know that we can sit and talk about how great rotary is and you know we love to do that but we do we, <laughs> we do want to keep it on on the subject of you know, what's, what do you think, like in your experience, so this is the, like you guys have, what, what are you like six months into this thing? If that. Yeah, yeah. Less than six months in. What is, what has been two milestones that you guys really measured for success of the program? Well, the quick one that comes to mind is number of children served. So that's mm -hmm. 77. I think the other milestone, and this is a story that's a harder story, is that, you know, our school districts have hard costs. And mm -hmm. so we had 14 families who are in the process of not being able to access preschool because there's a sliding scale fee and they just could not afford it. And so 14 families were able to come back into the program. And um, I just can't say enough about St. Louis Park Public Schools in terms of being flexible and figuring out ways that they could partner with Rotary to keep kids you know, in a position to receive preschool services. Those That's would be the two... Yeah, that's just I mean, and we got about 10 seconds here, but it's like it's so cool to see how the program has 
accelerated. Like that's mm-hmm. my favorite thing about all of this. And we're excited to see or to hear about what you have for the future and what your hopes and aspirations are. I think it's going to be a good one. So you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk. I'm Kelly Kirk. We'll, we'll see you. We'll see you. Well, I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Don't miss Leonard Skinner, Darius Rucker, Ario Speedwagon, and Tyler Hubbard at Lakefront Music Fest July 14th and 15th at Lakefront Park in Prior Lake. Leonard Skinner headlines July 14th with Ario Speedwagon and Blackstone Cherry. Darius Rucker headlines July 15th with Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line and Joe Nichols. Tickets available at lakefrontmusicfest.com. That's lakefrontmusicfest.com. Produced by Prior Lake Rotary. Riverbend Nature Center is a free nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota, with 743 acres, the straight river, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. Riverbend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org backslash strategic dash planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. If you are tuning in for the first time, we have Margaret Gagno. She is the Executive Director of Children First, but more importantly, she is on today to share the partnership with Preschool for Success. And so our last section, we were talking about successes, challenges, um, and we ended on a really great note. But really for this last section, Margaret, we love to um, encourage our, our guests to chat about what they see, what you see the future of your program looking like, Preschool for Success, um, what your dreams are, your aspirations are for it. <clears throat> so... Can you take it for a second? (laughs) (laughs) Struggling. Well, I think you asked the great question. What are your hopes and aspirations for this program? Yeah, I have big hopes for this program because I think it it's simple and it's doing things that make big, big difference in people's lives. And so um, I have to start when I think about this, I think about it at the district level first, because if you guys think about Polio Plus, and how powerful that's been. Mm. I think in order to have that scale of impact and, and to have that scale of success, you have got to have some goals. And mm-hmm. I know um, this year was the rollout and, and I feel like that, check that off, that, that went really well. But I would really like to see at some level of the district, some sort of work group really focused on this signature project come up with some agreed upon goals, simple as, you know, number of clubs participating, number of children accessing preschool Mm -hmm. as a result of it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you want to measure other things like we got new member, a new member out of, you know, who knows what else that is. But um, I would, I don't think you're going to have the scale of success that you could have Unless you do that, unless you're intentional about what you're trying to attain. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, yeah, that's one of my dreams. Um, I think in that, um, it would be exciting to see a small group of people who are really focused on this um, get 
build it quickly in terms of have things in writing, have it available online. I think the materials that were available to us were phenomenal. And mm -hmm. so I would like to see that kind of toolkit grow and evolve to continue to be available online. And um, I think things that I would like to see added to it are, you know, a section on um, examples and ideas for different sizes of clubs or different levels yeah. of commitment. Yeah. And um, so our club tends to have a, an older um, average age of seasoned. a club member. We'd like to use seasoned on this show. <laughs> Wait, I did not say. <laughs> and this, the Sunrise Club is less seasoned, I would say, than our club. And so um, it's really fun. I mean, you can, you can be involved in so many different ways. Um, I think um, another tool, and so maybe not just very concrete examples, a, a toolkit with concrete examples of a, of a continuum of ways to get involved. Sure. Mm -hmm. So you can weigh it in. And then, um, I also, I don't know about you guys, but I was so impressed with the district's communications campaign that we hired white box to do children first communication campaign. Oh, really? So, That's great. Yes. So Wait, what I, is this? It's, it's a, it's a company that Rotary does all. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I would like to see us develop some fun marketing tools that would be easy to just localize, um, copy and paste, you know, use, use um, some tools that are easily available, use some uh, verbiage that people can plug in, that they can use um, in communicating externally about the work they're doing so that they don't have to research, you know, what's the... Uh, benefit of preschool it's all right there and and saint cloud did that they did a lot of that but i think it'd be fun to just keep evolving it mm -hmm. so that it's fresh and you know sure. there's there's stuff there for whatever level you get involved in um i also would really like to see an online community because i mentioned that for me the the quarterly president meetings and the year before that the president-elect meetings have been powerful they've really helped us develop our involvement on on the district level i would like to see the development of some sort of online community so that if your club i mean it's it's more of a warm line right so if your club's interested but you just don't even know what you're doing that you could go to that maybe it's i don't know a facebook group or a whatsapp group or and kind of put your query in there and then maybe we have a volunteer who's just watching it who makes sure that calls for help are being answered so that any club who's wanting to get involved can reach out and get a little bit of help and get plugged in. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and then we can share ideas as well. Like for example, we're going after the data. If we end up doing it statewide, we could say that on there and then yeah. every community could then tap into that report when it's available. And well, yeah, I was going to ask that. I'm like, <clears throat> I would think that one of the goals is to have the data for every community so that they have an ability to diagnose the need and then also yeah. scale their project. Cause yeah. maybe the yeah. needs four times what you think it is. And all of a right. sudden you're like, well, we can only help Oops. a quarter of all these kids and yeah. we could have yeah. asked for how more money. How do you money. even obtain that data? That's, that was yeah. one of my big questions is how do you even obtain that data? But... Kelly's going to go door to door for you. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, I think it would be, it's doable to have every club in the district get involved in some way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's enriching. I mean, it makes us all together a little more mm -hmm. with shared experiences and, and, and you personalize it to your club. You know, there are simple ways to be involved that, that don't have to involve money. I think some of the best opportunities are around volunteering mm -hmm. and I'll just share Here's what I'm hoping for, uh, particularly. I think Rotary can offer a lot to this issue as a thought partner. So mm. think about this. How many Rotarians are employers? How many employers could be doing better with their you know, team if they had the ability to have children in quality care at that age? So oh, good point. One, yeah, and one of the biggest barriers for preschool for any of these learning opportunities is transportation. So my yep. dream is that we 
engage Rotarians as thought partners, we have some great minds who could start thinking about that issue Mm -hmm. and coming up with some solutions because it's not just preschool. It's all the after-school programs. It's, you know, all the programming that goes on in the community. That's a huge barrier. And so that's kind of a dream. We have had, we have, without going into like detail on which, um, which guests, we've had so many guests on here though that have talked about this mission trip or this project or this initiative and a spinoff of that because of that thought process, because of the thought ideas that kept rolling and rolling. Like we saw a need here. We went, we fulfilled it, but we also saw this other need. And then that spun off another project or, um, you know, community involvement or participation to solve another issue, another big issue. So honestly, that's exactly where Children First came from, a program Mm -hmm. at a Rotary Club and Rotarians saying, hey, we got to do. And I got to tell you, our organization has been around Children First for 33 years. And up until nine months ago, we had one staff person. We, with our summer hiring, so that's eight, we're going to be at, I think, 12. So Look what Rotary did. I mm-hmm. mean, we we're yeah. really blossoming. And yeah, Rotary is a big force, I think. Where that- do you see your role in participation in this program going forward? I mean, are, are you looking to have a continued presence? Do you have any aspirations of being our uh, national liaison for all <laughs> school districts? I nominate Lloyd Campbell and John Bodet to be the next. <laughs> you guys heard it. We put it out in the universe. Honestly, you guys, on, I am so honored to have been in the leadership gig when Lloyd was district governor because I have never seen anyone do such sweeping, big, bold things. And I mm. include the communications campaign and preschool for success. This All show, this show this is show a product is, of yeah. it, too. It's and, one of his. Uh, well, yep. I mean, that went without saying. Yeah, and then <laughs> but, in, in partnership with uh, fifty nine sixty as well. Yeah. So Dale Quigley, so they did a really fabulous job, mm-hmm. and they'll be staying on to help this show. Yeah. After their uh, their stint as district governors is over, which yeah. we're really excited about. Do they get like a breather? Do you give them like a week? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. We are full we, speed ahead. Full speed ahead. Pedal down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have thought a lot about what I would like to do to contribute to the success of the effort. And I think, and again, because in my day job, I'm, I do live in this world and I'm super passionate about it. I would like to support our two clubs to dig deeper into learning more about that unmet need and um, starting to evaluate what those factors are that could improve conditions or, you know, the barriers that are there that keep families who want their children participating in preschool from having the experience. And I, I do think that um, there's a big role in bringing Rotary in again, as a thought partner in that process, because they're going to enrich it with their many, many perspectives. So I'm, that's kind of my commitment is that, we we're going to hold you to it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got, not. We've got yes. about 30 seconds here, but we want to make sure that we thank you so yes, much for being you, on the Margaret. show. This was really and fabulous. So and so quickly. And love the enthusiasm, the leadership, and everything that you're doing. And most of all, that we are pushing this program forward. So I'm Thanks. Joe Kirk. I'm Kelly Kirk. It's time to stop searching. And start serving. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.